0: Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, and we are in the rut. Hopefully you guys have been out hunting, and hopefully you've been seeing some exciting action. Mark Stuckbauer, from, he's the guy that we did the episode last week with, he sent us a video of crazy chasing, about got run over, and managed to get it on, on video, and so... Hopefully you guys are having some similar success and are getting into some deer. This episode is going to be about our bow hunt weekend. We went down the first weekend of December, or December. I am uh, ending the year already. The first weekend of November, down to our cabin in uh, southeast Ohio, down Washington County. And uh, if you guys saw, if you saw the social posts... I was able to harvest a buck while we were down there, and so that's what this episode is about. This is about that weekend, what we saw, exciting, interesting things. Um, as you'll hear in this episode, there was a a, a little bit of a tree stand uh, saga with Jeff, and we talk about my you know my tree stand setup. So, if you're interested in that, I, I use the the hawk helium stand and sticks. If if you want to see what we're talking about i'll put a link to that in the show notes so you guys can see if you're not familiar with the the hawk helium stuff and that way you guys can check that out and we just got back from our last day at you've heard us talk jacob got drawn for a parks hunt and so this was our last day that we were allowed in there and had to pull all the gear and everything like that so we've been spending plenty of time in the woods been having uh seeing some deer like I said I was able to to harvest my buck for 2019 while we were down at the cabin and it's been a good season so far so before we get into the episode I want to talk about our sponsor monster whitetail grub and you've heard me talk they are an Ohio deer feed company and they make a great product if you use feed as an attractant or as a way to supplement your deer however you want to use it they've got what you need and it's all ohio ingredients which i really like so even even the packaging he tries to get all the packaging the buckets and everything from ohio so it's a good company it's a good product we've had really good success with it they've got their their sort of signature feed it's a high protein feed it's got mineral mixed in and then they've also got flavored corn options, and straight mineral. So whatever you need, they've got it. So there'll be a link in the show notes on how to get in touch with them and order some product. And with that, let's get into the episode about our bow hunt weekend down at the Cabin. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so today on the show, we are going to talk about our bow hunting weekend down at the cabin and uh, basically just talk about how that went, what we were seeing, what, and just, I guess, tell the stories of, uh, of the weekend. So how do we want to run this, you guys? Do you want to go day by day, or do each of us want to run through sort of our weekend and uh, then we'll move on to the next one?
1: I think each of us maybe just run through the highlights of our weekend.
0: Yeah. Because day by
1: day, I mean, I don't have anything interesting that happened every day. So.
0: Yeah. All right. That works for me. So who wants to start? Jake, you want to start? You and I got down there Friday. So this was... um,
2: Well, we got down Thursday night.
0: True story. Correction. Thursday night, which was Halloween. The 31st. Yes. So we all got down there after legal shooting light. So we didn't hunt the 31st Friday, November 1st was the first day we hunted. Yeah. So Jake, why don't you kind of run through your highlights, I guess.
2: Okay. Uh, Friday would have been the first. I went up to, a piece of private ground down there. It's one of the locals that lets us hunt his property. Uh, It's where I done a little bit of my gun hunting last year, and I found a spot up there that I figured, based on sign I saw last year, because we don't get down there much, so I didn't have any recent information, really. I was just going off last year and kind of the stuff I saw during gun season. A good spot where I thought it would be a good spot to hang and hunt uh, with the climber, It's kind of a transition area where a bunch of like mowed paths kind of come together. And I had seen a good amount of buck sign up there in terms of scrapes and rubs and that kind of stuff the previous year. So I and because it was kind of mowed paths, I thought I'd be able to get in relatively quietly uh, to hang up my stand. Uh, Unfortunately, those paths have not been maintained from last year to this year. So what I thought were going to be mode paths and easy access were overgrown and full of briars. So the quiet, quick, and easy access was non-existent. I made a whole bunch of noise going in the woods, (laughs) Um, hanging my stand. It was not, it was not a stealthy entrance, that's for sure. Uh, So I hung up and it was well after shooting light by the time I got up there and hung my stand because Fortunately, unfortunately, I guess the guy with the truck is always the last one in the woods. <laughs> so I yeah. had to drop everybody else off on the way to my spot, which is fine. Um, didn't get as early of a start as I would have liked, but that's okay. Um, got in the woods, got my, picked my tree out, got up in my tree. And basically not a whole lot of activity at what would say first light because I wasn't really even in the tree at first light. Uh, but then... I think it was probably about nine o'clock, a small doe walked, came by out of, out of range. Um, so I just watched that kind of happen and was thinking, well, that's kind of a bummer. Hopefully that's not the hot trail and they're not all taking that path because that's not within range. Uh, but then maybe half hour, 45 minutes later, um, I decided to hit the rattling antlers a little bit just to see if I could drum something up and no more than five minutes later, a doe came in, whether that was coming into the rattling or it just so happened that I rattled and she was already on her way in and didn't care about me rattling. I don't know. Cause I didn't see her. I was blind rattling. I didn't. So I don't know. Um, she came straight in down a path directly towards me and then started to turn to jump a fence off of the property that i was allowed to hunt so unfortunately i kind of rushed the shot um a little bit further than i had planned on and also i rushed it so i did not put a good shot on her um never did recover the deer i don't think it was a lethal shot based on looking at the arrow uh looked like it was um not in the vitals it was kind of in a no man's land Came out pretty fatty. Um, Got a decent amount of blood initially, but then it, I mean, within, I mean, I tracked her a good long ways for a long time and it was down to pin drops of blood. So the blood had basically sealed off. I'm assuming the fat had plugged it off and I'm imagining that deer probably lived. It's hard to say because I don't know where exactly I hit her. Um,
0: Well, and you hunted in and around there a lot the rest of the weekend and never, yeah, you know, never, never found any more blood. Never,
2: no, I did, deer. yeah. I found one more speck of blood and it was totally just a random thing. Um, and I can't even say it was from that deer, I'm assuming it was, but who knows? There are other guys who hunt other property down there, but there was a gate that had a hole basically next to it in the barbed wire where the deer go through the fence there and right there, there was a tiny speck. I mean, I'm talking smaller than the tip of your pinky, which is what the blood had gotten down to by the time I lost blood, like a um, match
0: head drop. Yeah. Type of, yeah.
2: Just a yeah. tiny little drop. Yeah. Um, the next day I'd found that on a leaf going through that fence gap with barbed wire. The middle strand is missing basically. So they go through between the top and bottom strand of barbed wire. Um, I'm assuming it was that same deer, but there's no way to know for sure. And that was, I mean, that was probably at least 150 to 200 yards from where I had lost blood. Okay. So I'm assuming that deer survived. Um, you know, I wish I knew better where I hit her just to know, but yeah, I, I hunted in and around there. I walked all over. I mean, it, if she was lethally hit and she was going uphill from where, you know, the blood trail started going uphill, which typically they say, uh, at least a mortally wounded deer doesn't typically go uphill. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I'm hoping that she survived. I think she did based on the blood and based on the way the arrow looked, um, live and learn. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I rushed the shot and it was a little bit further um, then I'm comfortable with, well, basically not comfortable with, I guess, but then my bow shoots. Um, my bow is pretty loud. So I have it sighted in at like 10, 20, 30 yards. I don't have anything past 30 yards cause it's too loud. So if I'm shooting a deer past 30 yards, they react to the bow before the arrow gets to them. Um, so it's just not, ethical in my mind to take those shots because I don't know what the deer is going to do by the time the arrow gets there. Um, so it was probably a 40 yard shot. And so it was one of those things where I had to make a quick game time decision of how much, you know, below my 30 yard pin, so to speak that I was going to aim. And if I thought the deer was going to drop or not drop. So I aimed, I think I aimed a little, I think I was expecting the deer to drop a little bit and it didn't. So I think I grazed basically the stomach or below the vitals in the chest area is where I'm thinking I hit, um, kind of that brisket area below the lungs. Um, so
0: if you had to do it again, would you take the shot or would you compensate differently? Uh,
2: if I had to do it again, I probably would have waited to see, If the deer was going to come closer, I, I mean, she had turned to go over the fence private, but who knows once I, I didn't know what the fence looked like there. It really wasn't a fence crossing now that, I mean, hindsight, once I got down and looked, um, I don't think she would have jumped the fence there. It was not a clear spot where deer Mm -hmm. cross. Um, I feel like she would have continued down the trail closer to me and then, maybe cross the fence or maybe not cross the fence. She might've just been turning that way to go get a bite from the plant that was over there. I mean, who knows?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, it was just one of those things where she was coming in straight on and then she turned and gave me basically broadside and took a few steps towards that fence. And, you know, it was unfortunately the property line of where I can and can't hunt. So, yeah. Um, you know, so uh, that
0: was Friday, right? Basically that was all. Yeah.
2: That was Friday morning that happened, but I'm not one to, uh, leave a deer trail in the woods. So I tracked and trailed that deer until late after or early afternoon. I mean, I tracked it from whatever time I got down from the stand, 1130 till two, <laughs> 130, something like that. And then I came back in the afternoon to try to pick up the trail and keep looking just in, you know, cause I, trail started getting thinner, so I figured deer's not dead, I don't want to push it. Um, So I came back and tracked it for another two hours into the early evening, and then at that point, called it off and did an evening sit, but did not see any, anything on my evening sit Friday.
0: Okay. So So, anything of note on Saturday then? Uh, No.
2: I don't think I saw a tail on Saturday, to be honest with you. I don't think I saw a single deer.
0: Okay. And then I, that big buck you saw while driving, was that Saturday or was that?
2: Uh, that was Saturday. Coming back, Saturday coming back for lunch. So yeah, I, I guess that is of note, sort of. Not really with hunting per se, because you don't hunt from the car. But um, big bucks, kind of cool. It was. I was driving. I went uh Saturday morning back out to that same property I hunted Friday different I hunted the same general ridge just I approached it from the other side which is um that gate you know I came through the back side of the property essentially and um nothing didn't see or hear a thing so then I was coming back for lunch to regroup and then head to a different place Saturday evening and off the side of the road, I saw a really nice deer. Um, I mean, I don't know in terms of, you know, inches of antler or whatever, but it was certainly a mature buck. It was, um, on private property. We don't necessarily have permission on. I mean, we're friendly with the property owner. If we really wanted to hunt his property, we probably could knock on his door and he would say yes, but it's, we don't technically have permission to be on his property. Um, some other guys hunt it, I think, but I stopped it. I mean, he, that buck stood there. I allowed me to stop the truck and actually back up a little bit to just kind of wow at him a little bit.
0: Well, and I think that's the, like the highlight for me, right? Is that it's that, it's that time of year when, you know, a mature buck will stand there with inside of the road and let you stop and back up, right. you know, normally that don't happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. The first thought that went through my head was he better figure it out because in a couple of weeks, if he stands there like that, he's going to be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, he wasn't, it was, he was off the road. I mean, it was every bit of 50 yards, 60 yards, probably off the road and it was through brush. You know, you couldn't have shot him where he was standing with a bow anyhow. um, But if he lets people get that close to him during gun season, he's going to have trouble. Yeah. But he was a nice deer.
0: So then I left Sunday morning. I didn't hunt Sunday, but you guys hunted the morning Sunday.
2: Yeah. Sunday morning I hunted uh, actually the old oak flat that if you listen to the episode we did with our dad um the old oak flat that he's always hunted growing up that was dad's spot and where he would take us for our first hunts essentially kind of that same general area um, where i shot my first deer i went up to that old oak flat and
0: i think that's episode 63 i think it's called stories with the old man if you're interested
2: uh i went up to that old oak flat Just because throughout the weekend, we had kind of determined that, yes, the quote-unquote rut was starting and on, which Jason will get into a little more. His story relates more to some typical rut behavior. But um, the deer down there were definitely feeding on the oaks, the oak trees, Um, specifically the trees that were producing. There wasn't a ton of the typical oak trees down there. Um, that were producing. So the ones that were, that's where the deer were. Um, so I went up to that Oak flat and again, story of my weekend, I didn't get in as early as I wanted. So it was gray light breaking, you know, dawn, so to speak, shooting light when I was kind of getting to where I wanted to go. And I, when I crested the Hill up into the Oak flat, I busted four or five deer out of that Oak flat. Um, so then I proceeded on to where I wanted to set my stand up and set up, sat there the morning for the most part, we had planned to only hunt till like ten thirty or 11 and then head home. Um, and then when I was climbing down out of my tree, I actually busted another deer that was down below me. Again, not that I could see while I was in my stand, but, you know, if I would have hunted another half hour, it may have worked its way up to me. Who knows? But it busted out. I heard it and then saw its tail. It was probably, you know, 75 yards away down through a bunch of brush. But, um, so I got into the deer Sunday morning. Nothing.
0: That was a doe?
2: The best I could tell. Okay. I don't think any of them, none of them were. You know, the ones up on the Oak Flat, like I said, it was gray light. It was just getting to be shooting light. The best I could tell, they were all does. If they were bucks, they were not big bucks. Um, But I couldn't, you know, I crossed that hill and they busted out. So I saw mostly just their back ends. But I don't think any were bucks, but I don't know. It's hard to say.
0: Well, and that's, I mean, that, that midday movement, right? That midday activity, that's kind of indicative of the rut also, right? Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I got into the deer Sunday morning. Um, it's one of those things that's hunting, I guess. If I could have hunted all day Sunday, I feel like I would have had a good chance of putting one on the ground, but that's the way it is. Had family and other obligations to get back to. So yeah, that's that. That was my rut bow weekend down at the cabin. Um, Mm -hmm. Unsuccessful for me. I didn't end up putting anything in the freezer, but I'll uh, plan on trying to get out this weekend, which is what most more people would probably consider the quote-unquote prime weekend of rut. So I'm going to hunt here locally and see what I can do.
1: All
0: right. So, Jeff, do you want to go next? Or
2: actually, I
0: think... I. I'll go next. I think that makes more sense. So like Jacob said, got down there Thursday night, got up and, uh, hunted first thing Friday morning. So same thing as Jacob. I, you know, we hadn't done a ton of pre-scouting or any pre-scouting. I was just going up to a spot that I'm somewhat familiar with and was going to set up where it looked good. So I I kind of intentionally took my time getting up there because I wanted a little bit of that gray light, that first morning light to kind of have some idea of where I was setting up. I didn't want to set up in the pitch dark and then it get light and go, oh, this wasn't a good spot. So I got because I, I was going way up on top of this ridge. So I got up there and basically found a good spot kind of on this point where it's kind of the highest spot in that area, right? And so I came down off of that point a little bit, figuring the deer are going to kind of come along this ridge and funnel around this point. And so I thought it was a good kind of travel corridor. And I knew there was some thicker bedding down out the ridge a little farther And some thicker bedding down below me. And so I thought, well, this is a good kind of rut travel corridor funnel area. So I, you know, we've talked in the past. I, I, Jacob uses a climber. I use a lightweight um, aluminum stand with sticks, trees, you know, climbing or tree sticks, whatever you want to call them. The Hawk helium uh, sticks is what I use. And. So I got all that set up, got in my stand, and you've heard us talk before, we don't get great cell service down there, but if you're up on top of the ridge, you can get service. So I was up there, and this is important to the story, I was up there responding to Facebook comments on Ohio Huntsmen and doing that kind of stuff, catching up on what's going on on social since I went out of cell service the night before. And it was probably nine o'clock. And, you know, I was taking some, I think I made a post to social that, you know, while I was sitting there, you know, asking who all was out hunting. If you guys, you know, you probably saw that or you may have seen that on, on Facebook and Instagram. And looked up. And to my left, there's a deer, there's a buck, and it's a pretty nice buck. And so, and he's already in bow range. He's uh, probably thirty five yards. He's facing me, kind of coming up this ridge, up to this point, and he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He got up to kind of where it flattened out a little bit and then started to skirt around the edge instead of continuing on up to the highest peak of this point. And uh, I wasn't ready. I was fooling around on my phone. So I'm panicking, scrambling, trying to get my phone down in my pocket, trying to get my bow. He's got no clue I'm there. He's coming up the ridge or coming up this point, And he turns to... He's off to, let's say, let's let's do the clock metaphor, right? So he when I initially see him, as I'm sitting in my stand, he is at my, let's say, 10 o'clock. And 10, 11 o'clock. Let's call it 10.30. <laughs> so he's he's somewhere between my 10, 11 o'clock, right? If 12 o'clock is straightforward, it's while I'm sitting in my stand. He comes up. Now he's starting to swing around me, you know, nine, eight, seven, you know, that way around the clock. And I've got a window at like the eight, nine o'clock area, but I'm still trying to get my bow down at that point. He's walking right through it. And so I miss that opportunity. I get my bow and he basically comes right under my stand. Like I could have jumped out of my stand onto his back and I didn't want to take that shot. Right. I'm, I'm shooting straight down on him. I'm, you know, I didn't want to one lung him or anything. And I, and he's still walking, still got no clue. I'm there. He gets, you know, so now he's twisted me around and, uh, I'm he's, uh, he's not quite at my six o'clock yet. He's probably at my seven o'clock and he's got past me now, basically. And I've got another window. I've got my bow at this point and, but he's never stopped. Basically he's walking. This is all, you know, I'm telling this over a course of minutes, but this is all seconds, right? This whole encounter probably lasted 60 seconds. So he's walking, walking, walking. He, comes out to where I'm a little more comfortable with the shot and I try to stop him now he's close right he's 10 yards or something and so I go and he runs it scared him you know I didn't do it loud but apparently it startled him he bounds off to again probably he's in that 35-40 yard range there's some twigs and stuff in the way. And now he's completely behind me and I just, I can't shoot behind me. I'm wrapped around the tree. If I shoot, my crossbow limb is going to hit the tree. I, I just can't shoot. So he stops, looks around and continues on out of my life, basically. And, uh, So, I'm pretty bummed at this point. And because, like I said, it was a nice buck and I screwed up. I wasn't ready. So, sitting there, and like I said, that whole encounter probably 60 seconds. It happened fast. He was there, he was gone, you know. So, I'm coming down off of that high and I hear footsteps. And again, I look off to my left and there's another buck coming up the hill, not the exact same way he came, but sort of the same general direction. And so I see him from a little farther out, but same thing. He is, he's cruising. He's, you know, he's not taking his time, being real cautious. He's cruising. So I get my bow, I find him in the scope. And as I find him in the scope, I happen to notice that as he's coming up the hill, his tongue's hanging out. Like he's been running around all night, all morning or whatever. And, uh, so he gets almost to where I bleeded at the first buck in that same general area. And the same thing, he's not wanting to stop so I give it instead of, you know, cause I got burned on the map. So I just start kind of clicking like, and I had to start, to, I had to get pretty loud with it, but as I ramped the volume up, he, he did finally stop and look, and that's when I shot and it, I, I the sound was good. Like I heard that pop when it hit him. I just wasn't, I was a little afraid that it was back. Cause same thing, you know, like I don't want this deer to walk out of my life. He stopped, I shot and he runs off. I heard that pop and he runs off and probably to a, I would say about 60 yards. And I, and I thought I could, you know, cause there's still a fair amount of leaves on the tree. I thought I saw him stop over there and I was hoping to see him tip over And I didn't, and I didn't hear him crash. And so I started getting nervous about the hit. So I waited an hour, couldn't take it anymore. Climb down, I'm going to look at the arrow, find the arrow, and it's got good blood on it. There's not really any, um, there's not really any bubbles in the blood, which had me a little nervous, but I had good red blood. So, and I got plenty of blood to track. So I start real slowly, following the trail. As I'm finding blood on the on the ground, I am finding blood in the blood on the ground. There was no, or uh, I'm finding blood on the blood. I'm finding bubbles in the blood on the ground. So, again, real slow tracking him. I've got good blood to follow, and I've got bubbles in it. So I know I've at least hit one lung, and he's bleeding good. I get to this big patch of blood and I'm pretty, I, I think that's where he stopped initially when I saw him run off and he stopped. So I'm in, and it's, you know, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a good sized area of blood. There's no sign that he laid down there, but he stood there and bled for a minute or two. And I'm looking around, looking around, hoping to see a deer laying there. And I don't. And so, you know, I had been texting Jacob and Jeff through this and basically I, you know, because he wasn't laying there or within sight, I got nervous again. And Jeff suggested that I kind of back because, you know, we've got some terrain to work with back out and try to circle around uphill and see if you can, you know, I had my binoculars with me, see if you could get eyes on him that way. So I did. But I didn't want to go too far and, and risk bumping him, so <clears throat> I did a quick search that way and figured, you know what? At this point, you know it's it was cool that day. I'm gonna back out. I'm gonna go get lunch and come back later. So I'm thankful I did because we came back, we picked up the trail, and he was probably another. 40, 50 yards from where I left, whether he was dead when I tracked him the first time, you know, after the initial hour, I don't know. Um, but basically, you know, as we were gutting him, it was, I'm pretty sure it was one lung and definitely liver. Dad saved the liver. Dad went back up there to track with me and, uh, he pulled the liver out and it had a perfect broadhead hole right through it. So we found him. That's the buck that, uh, if you guys follow us on social, that's the buck that posted about. And, uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a, it was a success. I got my buck for 2019 and he's, he's actually only a, uh, a, uh, a five point, but he's not a, like a yearling five point, right? He's got some width to him and so it was a pretty cool deer. It wasn't as big as the yeah. first one that came by, but I was happy with him.
1: Yeah, and he's only a five point because he doesn't have brow tines, which is kind of odd. Yeah. But the deer has zero brow tines.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna put some we're gonna put some pictures together, and put it in the the uh, post for this episode. So, you know, so if you go to OhioHuntsman.com and look at the, the article for this post, there'll be pictures, you know, maybe I'll put the, cause I took a picture of the, of the liver with the, the broadhead hole in it. So maybe I'll put that picture in there. And of course, pictures of, of my buck and some other pictures we took over the weekend. So that we haven't shared on, on social yet. So if you're interested, check those out. And, uh, so basically that was the rest of my Friday, right? Tracking this deer, dragging them out, getting them processed. That was Friday. Saturday for me, um, went up to an area I've never been before and I got into some deer. I, I, I jumped two deer when I walked in and the one doe, they were does the one doe. I'm not sure if she kind of circled around and stayed in the area for it was a different deer or what, but as I was trying to find a spot to sit, I got behind this downed tree. She was within range, but through brush because I'm on the ground at this point. Because um, I left my stand up there for, you know, because I thought it's a good rut spot. I left my stand up there for somebody else to hunt. And so I'm hunting on the ground Saturday. So I, I fooled around with her for a while. Didn't end up getting a shot, and I think the wind swirled at one point. You know, it was probably a half hour or something that her and I kind of fooled around, and I'm trying to get a shot, trying to find a hole, that kind of thing, as she's milling around. And I, I think she went over the, over the a roll in the hill and laid down. And then, as the morning kind of warmed up, I, I think the wind shifted, and I think she got a nose full of me, and and because all of a sudden I had a deer blowing at me. And then things after that quieted down pretty significantly until I don't know. I wish I remember what time it was, but it was it was again probably in that nine ten o'clock time frame. And all of a sudden, you know, it's it's a stampede. There's I you know there's a bunch of deer running toward me. I can't see them initially, but they came over that same roll in the hillside where that first doe went, and it ended up being uh, three does and, a that were being pushed around by a small buck. And so I, you know, was trying to get a shot at one of the does, but you know, one of them pops out, then it's out of the lane. I'm trying to get it, you know, so I'm moving around a lot. And with all the deer there, they, they saw me and basically spun around and, and went back the, the way they had come. And that was, that was pretty much it for me. I hunted, uh, like I said, I didn't hunt Sunday morning. I hunted Saturday night. I went up and got my stand, took that down, and uh, hunted uh, from the ground again, and didn't see anything. And so that was kind of my weekend. So my highlight was uh, Friday morning when I when I shot my buck. So, and that brings us to uh, to Jeff's story here. So, all right, I want to pause here for a quick second and talk about our sponsor Mastin's Deer Sense. So. We were using Maston Scents all weekend while we were down at the cabin, and I should have had Jeff record this commercial because he was using their, you've heard me talk about their double scent stacker. If you haven't heard me talk about it, it you, you can put a deer scented candle or they've, they've got apple candle or things like that, scented candles, but they've got scented candles that are deer scents, so full estrus candle or a buck reaper candle, whatever you like, and then... On top of this, basically it's an aluminum cylinder, you've got um, a tray where you can put liquid scent, and basically that allows you to layer scents. So you you can have two scents out at once, the candle heats the scent to make it more lifelike, more realistic, and Jeff used it and really liked it this weekend. So this was the first time that we've really played around with that, and it's cool. It works, and... We were using the sense this week, and it was so. It was good. It was it was good to have that stuff, and, and we really enjoy having them as a sponsor. They sponsored the show, and that allows us to continue to make these episodes. So, if you're interested in scent, if you if you want to try some of that stuff out, there'll be a link in the show notes on how to go to their website MastinsDeersense.com, and you can order right from their website and have it shipped to your house. And with that, let's get back into the episode. Jeff came down Friday evening.
1: After I came the, down, right? yeah, Friday after work. I couldn't get Friday off work, so I came down Friday after work. Um, Jason had already shot his deer, um, left the tree stand in the tree, so I planned to hunt that uh, Saturday. And I'm not much of a tree stand hunter. I typically hunt out of ladder stands or like permanent hang on stands so jason's telling me about his stand and where it's at and that you're probably going to need a lineman's rope well i don't have a lineman's rope i typically climb the stand then hook my harness to the tree so i you know i'm I'm not safe climbing the the tree. I just climb the ladder or whatever and then secure myself for the tree. Really should get a lineman's rope, but
0: you uh, really should. Yeah. yeah. I hope you get a lot of flack for this. Yeah. You guys should send uh, messages to Jeff and tell him that he needs to get a lineman's belt.
1: Well, can you use a line? I guess you could climb a ladder stand.
0: I don't know about a ladder stand. Yeah, I've I've ne- I've not really spent a lot of time in a ladder stand. I don't I don't
1: Okay. Well, because I've only ever hunted out of a n- different kind of tree stand like I don't know, four or five times in my life.
0: I think a ladder stand the uh, the best way to to be connected from the ground would probably be to be, uh, one of those lifelines, like when you put the stand up, you know, put one of those lifelines in the tree. Yeah.
1: So Jason says you're going to need a lineman's rope, so I ask him for one of his because he's going to be hunting on the ground. So I show up to Jason's stand, you know, and I trying to find a tree in the woods kind of, you know, he kind of told me where it was at and I was very familiar with the area. Um, so I found it relatively easily and I get all set up and I start climbing the stand you know, and I put the lineman's rope on and I start climbing the stand and realize And I told oh boy. him
0: before, like there's there's a couple limbs you're gonna have to deal with and once you get up near hunting height, the tree splits and the stand is on the left split, you know, and so you're gonna have to deal with that and figured, you know, he was squared
1: away. Yeah, yeah. So I start climbing this stand and it was very different than any stand I've ever climbed before, you know those what you call them tree sticks. Yeah. What you,
0: so yeah. the hawk helium tree sticks, and I've added uh, nylon tubular webbing aiders. So basically, a loop on the bottom of each one of my sticks, so I can I can essentially get the height of four sticks with three sticks, basically.
1: Yeah. So but it was it very adds- different.
0: Yeah, it adds some some uh like you said different. It's just it's not your standard um, hang a stand in preseason with one of those steel ladders that's you know very stable and and everything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like the the aiders, it's kind of like climbing a you know it's one step of a rope ladder kind of. Right, like it swings around and and also yeah these the. The sticks, they're using your weight to kind of dig into the tree. So if you're not, don't have any weight on it, they'll move around. So it was very different. Well, so I get up to this first branch and then I realize, okay, I'm going to have to take the lineman's rope off and go around the branch. And I successfully do that you know that's no big deal really i get up a little bit more and realize oh the lineman's rope's caught on something again like it's caught like i don't know what's going on so i'm you know trying to kind of look around the tree to find what it's caught on realize there's a branch you know directly on the opposite side of the tree so i have to take the lineman's rope off again and at this point i'm like all right I might just go back down and hunt from the ground because, you know, taking this lineman's rope off and back on, you know, this many times is starting to make me nervous.
0: Cause you're on the second stick by this point, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the second of three, right? There's three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the second one. So I'm, I don't know, halfway up, let's say, I mean, I'm, it's close enough to halfway up, but I, I, figure alright I'm not too high I'm going to give it a shot to get around the stick you know take the the line you know unhook it and try to throw it over and it, it works out you know I'm able to do it and so I hook back up and I start going back up the tree and now it's the point where the tree splits I believe and right where the tree splits is also where you're going from one set of s- steps to the other so i need to basically get to the next set of steps with using the the aider and unhook the lyman's rope and rehook it so it's just on one of the trees so i am trying to figure this out and then i get to the point where it's like all right so i'm gonna step up to the you know to the the aider, and then i'm gonna have to unhook like because it's the lineman's rope's gonna be holding me down then with or loosen it up so i loosened it up a bunch and i step up so i need to take the lineman's rope off again hook it on one tree And then I get to this point and realize, okay, this is way dangerous. (laughs) Like, basically, I'm like, I want to go down. But I realize I'm closer up than I am down. So I might as well just go up. So I get up to where the stand is now. And now I need to unhook the lineman's rope to get it around the platform of the stand so I can climb into the stand.
0: Yeah. And you're so you're on, this is the third stick, the top stick at this point.
1: Right. And I'm the, the lineman's rope is at the, the bottom, the base of the stand. So I hook my harness above the base, but below the seat of the stand to the tree is what I and I hook that all up. I take the lineman's rope off and I climb onto the base of the the stand. And then I need to hook my lineman's rope up again and unhook the harness and put the harness where it should be on the tree. How trip. are
0: you hooking the harness up? What do you mean? Why, do you, you said you said you, I've got to hook the harness between the because you know a stand has the two claws, right? Where the where the seat goes against the tree and where the platform goes against the tree. So mm-hmm. you're saying you you you've got to hook your harness between the platform and the seat.
1: Yeah. Just, so and I, you
0: disconnect I, the lineman's belt.
1: Yeah. So I put the the strap around the tree, and tighten my harness to the tree. So that's with, a that's including a, like the a
0: seat there. belt strap.
1: Yes, yes, like a seatbelt okay. strap. Yeah, so okay. I, I I hook that there, and then I got onto the stand, put the lineman's rope back on, unhook the the seatbelt strap, and put it up where it's supposed to be.
0: Okay, so you're and finally I, you finally make it into the stand after all of this.
1: Yeah, and I text and say someone's probably gonna have to come get me out of the stand because I don't think I can get back down
0: (laughs) and so because you you texted a couple times throughout the day like this is freaking crazy like you said somebody's going to have to come get me out of this thing and the whole time I'm like yeah you had some branches to go around but I don't I didn't think it was that big of a deal well what ended up happening is I thought you know, I told him, bring your harness, you know, you can use my stand. I assumed he had a lineman's rope. And so I was giving him a second lineman's rope. Because when I climb the tree, I, I always have two lineman's ropes with me. So I can work around branches. So I thought I was giving him a second lineman's rope to deal with the branches and the split in the tree. And it's no big deal, right? So when I climb, I'm never disconnected. I disconnect one lineman's rope while I'm still connected to the first one. Put it above the branch. Now disconnect the lower lineman's belt and continue to climb. I'm never disconnected, and so it's not a big deal. So when he comes back from, you know, y- you manage to get down out of this tree, right?
1: Yeah, just as just as much difficulty as I. Well, I don't know, just as much. The the difficult part of getting down was. Reaching down trying to find the cheater the aider. to the aider, yeah. Reaching down trying to find that with your foot you know, yeah, was yeah. was difficult, yeah. but that was manageable.
0: Yeah. So he gets back to the cabin, you know, and he's like, you're freaking crazy. I'm never hunting out of that thing again. And that's when it comes becomes clear that, Or maybe it was even later that evening. At some point, it... it
1: I think I said... I think I said I, you know, would have been a whole lot better if I had two of those linemen's ropes. (laughs) That's what that was.
0: That would have made everything safe. Yeah, and I said, hang on a second. You climbed that stand with one lineman's rope? You're like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was... Yeah, that was way dangerous, dude. Yeah, because I, I didn't realize. Yeah, there was a miscommunication somewhere. I thought I was giving you a second lineman's rope. Everything was going to be all good, no problem. And you climb that stand with one lineman's rope, which was yeah, was way dangerous. That was definitely a two lineman's rope climb.
1: Yeah, so that's my excitement. I did see some does. In that stand, um, but they came through quickly and came in from behind me, so I didn't see them till they were basically in range. And then they immediately, kind of, were in range. They never stopped and just popped right over the ridge. So moral of the story there is: uh, get a lineman's rope. Um, <laughs> no. Get two, get two, get two, (laughs) maybe three, just to be safe. Uh, Uh, And know what you're getting into uh, when you're going to climb someone else's stand. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: So that was. Yeah, I
0: felt, I felt bad after, after it became evident that you climbed that with a one, I was like. You know, because I was thinking, dude, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? Just disconnect one lineman's belt and go in, you know. But when it became evident that you climbed it with one, I was like, I felt bad at that point. I was like, oh, <laughs> holy crap, man. Yeah, that was, that was, I understand why you were texting saying somebody's going to need to come get me down out of this thing. Cause, yeah, that was, yeah, that was way scary.
1: Yeah. By the way, no one did come and get me down out of no. it. No. I got down by myself. But I did text and said, I'm getting down out of this. I will text you when I'm on the ground.
0: <laughs> well, and that that goes back to not getting cell service down there because I didn't get any of those text messages until I went back up to hunt in the evening. And then I got the text messages like, well, a lot of good that would have done us, you know. I, uh...
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, so then came Sunday because I didn't have any real luck hunting from the ground Saturday night. So then came Sunday, and Sunday I went and hunted in an area where another guy down there had been hunting um, and seeing deer, just not having any luck connecting on one. So around probably 8 o'clock, and this is now the first day with daylight savings time, so 8 o'clock would have been 9 o'clock the day before. Right. Uh, I see some, and well, I better explain the spot. The spot is kind of like a pinch point where the deer are crossing from one hollow to another. So it's all the way up on the ridge top, and the deer are crossing from one big hollow bowl to another. And I'm set up next to a log to, you know, basically block my whole body you know all you can see of me is basically shoulders and up and i have my bow set on top right so i see some deer all the way at the other side of the bowl and they're working their way around and over the next 30 minutes they work their way around And it becomes evident that they're not going to come up over the ridge. They're going to come around that other hollow and walk on a bench down below me. And I can't really see that bench from a seated, seated position. So I wait until the deer are on that bench down there. And I roll up onto my knees so then I can see that bench and see that there's only really one spot where those deer are going to come into range the the bench kind of pinches in at, at a spot and you know becomes a lot smaller and comes a lot closer to me and then it goes right back out and they're walking right at the very edge the outer edge so I wait it was a uh, it was two does, uh, it was a fawn and a doe, a doe fawn and a doe, and I let the doe fawn go through, and the doe's following it, and I get the doe to stop right at that pinch point, and
0: How'd I you stop take, her.
1: I uh, you know, did a little like yeah, yeah. She stopped. Um, so I got her to stop right at that pinch point.
0: How far is she at this point? Did you say?
1: I I thought she was at 30 yards. Okay. Maybe 35. So I put my 30-yard pin on her and take the shot. And I can hear, like, clean miss. You know, I don't hear any connection. But both deer run back the way they came from. You know, back into the back of this bowl, And they probably only run... 50 yards away. So I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I missed, what went wrong. You know, it's like clearly I went low, so maybe I misjudged the distance. Right. So, and they're back, they're over in the back of the bowl, just kind of hanging out over there trying to figure out what had happened. Okay. And I. Notice that the one is licking its leg. So I'm wondering, like, "Eh, did I hit its leg? And I'm like, no, there's no way. You know, because I wasn't wasn't aiming at the front shoulder. I was aiming, you know, back further for, like, a double lung shot. So I'm like, "Eh, no, there's no way. Well, then it starts to walk. And I realize, no, this thing's got a limp. Well, it mills around on that back bowl for another half hour probably and then they finally kind of decide okay it's safe to go back the way we were going like you know we don't know what that was but I, you know we think we're safe so the the fawn walks through real nice and slow basically the
0: same lane they came through the first time
1: exact same trail Okay. The, the doe comes, well, when it gets close to where I shot at it, it kind of speeds up to like a trot. So it gets past that little pinch point. So it's now I'm thinking it's at 40 yards, but I'm like, well, I thought 30 yards, you know, I thought it was 30 yards at the pinch point. So, at 40 yards, you know, now it's 40 yards and it's wounded. So I got it, you know, I owe it to the animal to try to try to shoot again. Right. So I get it to stop and I put my 50 yard pin on the deer and sail way over its back. Like the deer was probably at 30 yards still at that point. So I'm thinking with my first shot, I hit a stick or something that sent my arrow low.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because I send this arrow a foot and a half over this bolt, a foot and a half over the deer's back. Right. And send it down into the hollow. I mean, just launch it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this, uh, this arrow probably went all the way, you know, up. 100 yards or more down into this hollow. Right. It was a long, long way. But so then they run off and I go look for my arrows. And well, let me back up. I could when the when the deer got close, I could see where I had hit it with the arrow. And I ended up hitting it just above the knee And back, you know, so I cut the back of its leg.
0: Okay.
1: So it was a pretty minor wound. You know, so I knew that that It was still
0: walking on that leg and everything, just kind of limping?
1: Well, at this point, it had stopped limping. Oh, okay. It had got its bearings back, and it had figured out what it, you know that its leg was fine basically okay. yeah. you know it was no longer limping on that leg it was just walking normal but you could see that it had bled from a spot on the back of its leg so i go down to see if i can find my arrows i find the first arrow no problem you know it was shot low so it was right in the edge of the that bench there it was easy to find the second arrow I had launched down into the hollow. So I start walking down there and I'm frustrated with myself because it's like, you know, I really screwed things up here and I'm walking down there and I'm looking around. Well, I get to the back of this kind of down in the bottom towards the back of this bowl. And, There's some fingers that kind of come down, drainages that come down, and there's three of them. You know, there's like, there's the first one, there's one in the middle, and there's one at the other side of these little drainages. Right. So I get down there, and I'm, you know, looking around, and for some reason, oh, I heard a squirrel. So I look up at the other Hillside, you know the other side of this bowl, and I see something that kind of looks like a deer. But I'm thinking, and eh, no, that's not, it's not a deer. You know, it's, I actually I thought, no eh, that's too big to be a deer, and it's too close. Like if that was a deer, it's probably 75 yards away. I was like, if that was a deer, it would have already heard me come down the hill and ran off. Right. So I take another step, and then. I think, eh, I better take another look at that and just make sure. So I look over there again and realize, well, what I thought was a deer is no longer where it was. So now I'm standing there looking around like, well, where was it? What did I see? Yeah. Well, then I realize, oh, yeah, that is a deer. Like, it's a deer over there walking around eating acorns off the other hillside and I realized that's a big deer. You know, I couldn't yet tell if it was a buck or a doe, but I knew it was a big deer. So I get down, like I'm kind of sit down on one of those fingers, at the first finger, and start looking at this deer. And I am looking and I realize that's a buck and it's pretty decent buck. So now I'm kind of trying to devise a plan to get this buck to either come towards me or our dad is hunting on that hillside, like towards the road. So it's like, I either want this thing to come towards me or go out the hillside towards him. Right. So I sit there and I'm watching this thing. It, 75 yards, and it's just kind of walking back and forth on that hillside, just cleaning up acorns. And eventually, it kind of works its way to about 50 yards. And this has probably been 30 to 45 minutes. So I decide oh, and another detail is I left my book bag where I uh, found my first arrow. My book bag with all my calls and my knife, my drag rope, all that. I left it there to kind of mark where where the arrow was shot from. So I could see in the bottom of the hollow, like where I needed to line up with. Right. So I have no calls. I have none of that. So I decide, well, I'm going to try to burp grunt at this thing you know i'm gonna try to burp and make it sound like a grunt and see what happens you know i got nothing to lose (laughs) so and you know eating breakfast down at the cabin it's usually pretty hearty breakfast so there's always a burp you can work up (laughs) so i uh i do it once and i think The buck hears it like he picks up his head and kind of looks back and forth. And it's like, maybe that worked. So I, you know, wait a few minutes and work up another burp and I try it again. And that time he definitely hears it. He turns his head and looks over. And then now he's no longer really interested in eating acorns. He wants to find out what made that noise. So he starts coming along the back of that bowl towards me and I can see where the deer trail is and the deer trail is going to come to that first finger on the other side, go down into the little drainage, pop back up into the middle finger. And at that middle finger, it kind of turns and goes uphill and like up around me. So he gets to that first finger and he goes down in it.
0: And how far is he at the first finger, roughly?
1: The first finger's probably 40 yards, 45 yards, maybe.
0: OK, so he's he's close.
1: He's close. Yeah. So he gets to that first finger and he goes down in it. So I switch from being like seated and I go completely prone on my stomach on this this finger. And I'm basically I know when he comes up at that next finger, he's going to be at 20 yards, 20 yards at the most. So when I go prone and I can see like my movement gets his attention, like I can just see his antlers like he instead of having his head down, he kind of picked his head up and he was looking around. But all he could see was, you know. All I could see was his antlers above that drainage.
0: But you think he heard, like, the the leaves rustle or something?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because when I I moved, he picked his head up. So I get laid completely prone, and he comes up on that next finger and, you know, makes that turn because when he pops up on that next finger, he's facing straight towards me you know it's a straight chest shot yeah yeah well he makes that turn to kind of follow that trail up and around the bowl and so then he's quartering towards me and I pull the trigger and realize I hadn't taken the safety off so then I'm like Oh, man. So I, you know, edge back to take the safety off and I click the safety off and now I've spent more time close to this deer and I realize "Eh, he's not as big as I thought he was originally. You know, he's a little smaller. His rack kind of you know, it's not quite out past his ears. It's You know, inside of his ears and his uh, antlers are thin. They're really pretty thin and wispy. You know, he's an eight point, but he's they're pretty thin. So then I decide "Eh, maybe I'm not going to take this shot. So then I decide, well, I'm going to get my phone out and take a photo. I'm going to take a picture of it. Well, in getting my phone out, I've made enough movement now that he sees something you know he knows something's there right so he turns straight towards me and is just staring at me not moving i mean he's just standing stoically he's not stomping or snorting (laughs) he's just staring and i snap a picture or two and i'm kind of waiting to see what happens now and Kind of getting the itch, like, eh, should I I pull the trigger when he, you know, if he turns again or not? And then eventually he gets uncomfortable enough that he's like, I don't want to be here. So he stomps, like, twice. Not very hard, just pretty light stomps. And then he turned and ran off towards towards where our dad was hunting. So I was still hoping that dad might yeah. shoot him. But that was basically my story. I would have probably killed him had I taken my safety off. Yeah. But after having some more time with the animal to see his size, I decided not to take the shot.
0: Well, that's cool, though. That's so, a good story.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I was very impressed that by burping at him, that I got him to come in.
0: <laughs> I've never heard of that before.
1: Uh, uh, people, I've heard other people say it, and I kind of—I don't—I don't want to say practice it, but when I have to burp, <laughs> well,
0: you <it's>, practice it.
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah, I practice it to <laughs> see what what I can do, and I've I've gotten pretty good at it to make them sound relatively like a grunt. Yeah, I'd say maybe 75% of the time, it sounds something like a grunt.
0: Well, so. all I can say is that's special.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was already, I hadn't heard this story yet because I was already on my way home at this point, And so I, I didn't get to hear the, the After Hunt recap until now. So yeah. that's a good story. Yeah, yeah. So... That was our our bow weekend. I got my my buck for the season and uh, it was good. It was a good weekend and we all had fun. We all saw some deer and now, like Jacob said, we're gonna do some more hunting this this following weekend and then it'll probably be um, I know Jeff has taken his his niece out for youth season and then right, uh, yep we'll be hitting gun season. So it was a good time. Anything else you want to add, Jeff? I don't think so. All right. Well, Jacob had to drop off, so he doesn't get any uh, closing thoughts. So, yeah, hopefully uh, you guys have been having some success. You've been seeing some good rutting activity and hopefully you enjoyed hearing our story. So with that, uh, thanks for listening. All right. Just a quick wrap up here. That was our weekend. As you heard, there was some interesting stories that came out of it, as always. And just want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for continuing to support us. You may have heard me tease some things in the past about we've got something in the works. It's still in the works, and I I still can't mention what it is, but stay tuned. We'll have an announcement here soon. And as we're getting into the holiday season, if you guys are looking for gift ideas or, or maybe your your wife or girlfriend or significant other is, is asking you about, you know, what do you want for Christmas? Maybe consider some Ohio Huntsman gear. We've got our Ohio Huntsman decals. We've got our, our home and hunt decals and sweatshirts, T-shirts, whatever you like. Uh, we've got it at our website, OhioHuntsman.com slash apparel. And you can check out what we've got that also helps support the show and uh allows us to continue to keep making these episodes so like i said keep it short hopefully you're having some success in the woods and thanks for listening